just a little bit caught in the middle Life is a maze, love is a riddle I don't know where to go, can't do it alone I've tried, and I don't know why Hi everyone, welcome to Parenting Portal. My name is Joanna Port. I am a mom of four to Zoe, Levi, Ruby, and Ray, and I am the director at Crestwood Hills Preschool in Los Angeles. This podcast is a guided discussion between me and an expert in the field of parenting. I'm here with Donna Holleran. The benefits of reading aloud is that you show your child that reading is fun and it's there's just there's so many ways to explore the world through reading. Children's books are written with just the right language for parents to use with children. So I feel like it gets ch- parents used to using really age-appropriate language with children. Even though parents get annoyed sometimes reading the same book over and over again, it's really for the benefit of the parent. Donna Holleran is the founder and owner of Baby Group in Santa Monica, which has been around since 1996. Donna is a child development specialist, a parent educator, and a certified infant mental health specialist. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology and child development and a master's degree in social work. Currently, Baby Group is via Zoom from anywhere around the world. And what I'll say is I have known Donna now for a long time, and we've become really good friends. And one of the reasons is that our the way we are with parenting is very similar. And often in my groups, I say, oh, the parents will say, Donna said that. And then in her groups, they'll say, Joanna said that. We're very aligned in our thinking of how to parent and what we believe in. And one of the things that we have majorly in common is we love books and we love reading. And the minute I met you a long time ago, Donna, I was like, you brought up books right away because they're so passionate about it. And the, the title of this episode is Reading with your kids. And um, I was like, ah, I love her because she gets it. Like you got to read, read, read. And so we're going to talk about reading all about it. What it, everything. Um, But welcome, Donna. Thank you. It's really nice to be here. Thanks, Joanna. The first question I want to say to you is, when should you start reading to your kids? Well, some parents start reading when they're pregnant. I mean, yeah. the mom will start reading to the baby, the dad will start reading to the baby, you know, other caregivers, just anyone who's around can read to the baby. But typically, I find that parents probably start reading to their babies when when they're starting like a nap and a nighttime routine. Mm-hmm. So usually maybe anywhere from around two to three months, yeah. they'll just pick up a book that someone gave them and they'll just start to read to the baby and it starts just like that. When should you stop reading aloud to your children? Never. Right. You read aloud forever. There's a there was a book and I'm sure it's still around called The Read Aloud Handbook. I love that book. And uh I heard him speak, Jim Trelease. I heard him speak years ago. And he was just in it was just he was just incredible. I loved it. But what they had in that book at the time was like an annotated bibliography of like lots of, you know, like book titles with little synopsis of what the book was all about. Yeah. But of course, this was written so long ago. And so I'm sure there's there's so many books that have added all the time. But Children's Book World, actually, which is um, here in West LA on Pico Boulevard, it is an incredible resource for for families, for yeah. educators. And I find the people in there just incredibly knowledgeable. Yeah. And I remember I went in there once and I was looking for specific books for my nephews and they were like probably eight and 10 years old at the time. And I just said, you know, I'm looking for books like about this and about this. And they were like, they just kept pulling books off the shelf. And my nephews loved 
all of the books. It's that so I amazing there. It's really fun to it's go there. It's just incredible. So yes, for sure, check it out. Children'sbookworld.com and um, really support them. I know they have limited hours right now, but yeah. amazing. And then again, like just teachers read aloud to children of all ages through mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. Children love to be read to and they might not admit it when they get to be teenagers, mm-hmm. but they enjoy it. I always felt like, do not stop until your child rejects you. There and, you go. And so it's true. Like I remember reading to my son when he was 15 and we were reading every night. They just love it. And when they reject you, then it's over. Right. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. But well, at the same time, parents may say, what if my 10 month old rejects me? Because at that age, they crawl off of your lap when you're trying to read to them. And I just talked about this in a group yesterday. And I said, you know, you always make sure that you're in a room where they can't mm-hmm. escape. <laughs> yeah. The door is closed. This is our reading time. I plop down on the floor with a basket of books next to me. And I just pick it up and I start reading and they crawl away or they start to chew on it or they throw it on the floor. I just pick up another one. And so I'll sit there and I'll have my basket of books. And usually within seven minutes, I would say I've gone, I've opened a book, I've closed it. I've opened a book, I've closed it. But I continue to read. And what you find is that they come back. They come back and forth and back and forth. And eventually they they stick around for longer periods of time. I also use um, props sometimes. Like I'll use a puppet or I'll use a little scarf and I'll do little peekaboo games. And then, of course, the books that are like touch and feel. I'm like, oh, is the puppy soft? You want to touch the soft puppy? And they come over and they're so excited. And then they touch To engage, the yeah. Yes. So if, if my kid, sometimes I get that in groups like, he won't read. He doesn't like it. Should we just, what do you, what do we do with that? Not- sometimes you can even, there's books where, some of the books you can even sing them. There's a great one, um, the ABC book by Dr. Seuss, which is Aunt Annie's Alley. Gators, a you know, a a a. But use whatever interest. Yes, keep trying. You just yeah. try all kinds of ways, and again, yeah. use the puppets to engage them. I find that children love puppets, and I can mm-hmm. usually really engage them with that, and then like lift the flat books, and so, and even if they're like kind of crawling around and playing, I'll still sit there and read. You'll yeah. be. I find that parents are really surprised that children will come back and forth and back and forth, and they they are enjoying the process and just use it. You have to use a lot of inflection, a lot of excitement with children. Uh huh. Now, what are, what are the benefits of reading aloud? What would you say? Well, I mean, it it the benefits of reading aloud is that you show your child that reading is fun, and it's there's just there's so many ways to explore the world through reading. And the other thing is that I love to read. When you're reading aloud, children's books are written with just the right language for parents to use with children. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it gets parents used to using really age-appropriate language with children. That's a good point. You know, getting them to, teaching them about reflecting their feelings, um, talking, sometimes there's, there's in the book, there's asking questions. So it teaches parents how to engage children to be curious Mm -hmm. and ask questions and answer questions. And again, mainly I really believe it just gives that language to use. Like I can tell you're feeling sad. You know, how do you, what do you want to do with your sad feelings? And sometimes parents just get get caught up in the moment with their child. And so by reading it, 
it comes more easily. It really boosts language. And it's so bonding. And it's so, you know, why do you think kids love books so much? I find it fascinating. They just love looking at pictures and pointing. And I have an email that I send out called books that reflect your child's life and experiences. And Children just love, it's like, you know, if there's a little girl in the book that's crying really hard and, you know, like she's crying, she's so mad. She's like mad, mad, mad. And they're just engaged with that because it's like, oh, that happens to me. I do that. I cry. You know, I get mad, mad, mad. Yeah. And they just are just fascinated by just seeing the images that they see in life. If they see a truck on the road and then they see the truck in the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, so again, they, if finding books, if you find that your child is just all about trucks or all about dogs or all about babies, just get those books and open it up. And they're, you, you bring the world that they can't yet get to yes, right there on their lap in front of them. And it's like so accessible, I guess, to them. It's not you really teaching. It's like, it's a, it's fun. And I noticed children love to read the same book over and over. I wonder why that is. Like they love, you know, we think as adults, right? As parents that children hold all the power. It so seems like that. However, children don't feel that they have all the power. Uh And so when they know what's going to happen, when things are predictable, it really helps them feel that they have a little power. And then there's some of the books where it asks questions, like it helps children start to make choices, like what should Danny do is a great one for that. It's all about, you know, different choices and children love Oh, I don't know that pick. one. Or maybe I do it. I don't remember. Oh, they loved, it's kind of like choose your own adventure. Yeah. But it's making, you know, good and bad choices. Yeah. And they love, of course, to make the wrong choice, right. like the bad choice, right. the negative choice, like what's going to happen. <laughs> but they love, um, again, the predictability, knowing what's coming next. And then when it happens, it comes next. They feel really excited that they knew that. I, I do think that the repetition is so like soothing or something. And you absolutely. Know, parents I, will ask me, should they keep the same book every night? I mean, right. right. You go with and it. And they see the same, you know, the same experience, the same outcome. And again, mm-hmm. even if it's a negative outcome, like again, if they, if they, I'm giving that example of the book on what should Danny do, if yeah. they choose, if a three year old says, you know, he's going to, you know, what's going to happen if he, wants to have, um, you know, what's he going to do if he wants the same plate that his brother has? Is he going to cry or is he going to wait till his brother's finished? And he finds that, you know, when he cries, like, these are the things that happen every single time. And then when he waits, there's all these positive things that happen every single time. So they learn that there's the same similar outcome every single time. And it's like you said, repetition. It feels good. really reassuring. That's why they want the same song. Exactly. Often. It feels exactly. like that. And it's like they know it. They can finish it. Like I remember I used to read or sing, you know, when I was a nanny to the children I took care of or my nieces and nephews. And sometimes I would stop and leave out a word and then they would fill it in. It's, it goes back to that ABC book, like, you know, Aunt Annie's Alligator, A, A, A. And then they you know, stop. And they, yeah. yeah, they love, um, what is it? I think it goes actually... Big A, little A, what begins with A? Aunt Annie's alligator, A, A. And I would stop and they would go, A. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and they love that. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say would be great starter books for kids 
really little. Like, do you know any series that, because parents will ask me, what, what should I start with? Or what would you recommend when they're really little, when they're really, really Children little? love, you know, like rhyming books. Mm-hmm. So I know like, I yeah. know there's like the Llama Llama series yeah. that children really like. I really think Dr. Seuss stuff, like the Big A, Little A book that I was just mentioning, or ABC book, Big A, Little A, and then it's Big B, Little B. Mm-hmm. And that's sung to the, t- you can read it or you can sing it to the tune of like Bob Ba Black Sheep, if you mm-hmm. remember that nursery rhyme. Yeah. So trying to find books that, again, have very, they're kind of rhymey, like The Goodnight Moon mm-hmm. is always, of course, a, a popular book. And so, and it's fine to read different books to them uh, on a regular basis at, when they're really little, but try to pick one book that you're going to read before nap and before bedtime mm-hmm. so they know, oh, bedtime is coming soon. You it's know, a great it, it signal them. that we're going to bed. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, calming. And eventually what you find is that children start to get excited about specific books. Like they just, they light up in a different way. They just, they get excited or they start, you know, maybe patting their legs or, or like clapping as they get, you know, closer to like eight, nine, 10 months. And so you end up wanting to read the same book to them because you like getting that response from them. Yeah. And then they get excited when they see your excitement and it just makes, you know, it gives so much power to books for them. And then picture books, because for children, just pointing to pictures, uh-huh. and it's not really reading a story when they get to be like that eight, nine, 10 month age. You can read the story when they're really tiny, yeah. right? And then you read the story when they get older and they can sit on your lap and listen to the whole story. Yeah. But in that age of like starting probably around eight, nine months, probably through about 18 months, sometimes uh-huh. it's hard to read every single word. You're just, you know, talking you talk about, about what you picture. see in yeah. the picture. You're building vocabulary yeah. at that time and you're yeah. pointing to the picture and then they're pointing to the picture. You're sharing, you know, attention over this book. You are naming things in the book. And so like sometimes I'll look at the book and I'll say, oh, I see a hat. I see a bird. <gasps> Is there a dog? you know, where's the dog? Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they might point, if they don't point to the dog, I'll go, there's the dog. So again, you're just trying to engage them, mm-hmm. building their um, their receptive language and encouraging their expressive language. Mm-hmm. Do you have other tips for reading aloud when, when you're reading that you would like to tell parents? You know? I just think, again, it goes to just the repetition and knowing, and I'm going to be repetitive right now, which is, to think singing the books, playing peekaboo, using puppets, lift the flap, pat, you know, the little touch mm-hmm. and feel books. And have a lot of expression and have enthusiasm. And yeah. I love, and I mean, and I will find, you know, there's another book I love called Owl Babies. Yeah. And it's really good for separation. And again, I feel like finding books that help you with where your child is in their development. So it helps you understand what they need. And also for children to hear those books over and over again helps them sometimes with their own developmental challenges at the time. So like separation anxiety is a big one that we know all children go through at some point starting, you know, when they're really when they're babies, but certainly by 18 months, two years old. So Owl Babies is a wonderful book and the mommy owl goes off to get food and all the owls are wondering where mommy is. And the one little owl, the whole he. Every single time he's like, 
I want my mommy. And that's how I read that book. Like I'll say, where did she go? You know, I'm just reading, reading. And then I'm like, I want my mommy. So you use accents. You use accents. Absolutely. And And I mean, my, yes, my nieces and nephews used to say, we want, read it like Aunt Donna. Read it like Aunt Donna. Because, you know, it's like, you know, yep. Where did she go? Well, she went to get food. She's going to come back. I want my mommy. No, no, no. It's got to be, you've got to, you know, you got to give it some feeling behind it. And kids good, love that when you, you change oh, your voice, when you change it. I it's know. True. They love that. They, do. they go, do they it do. again. Do it they again. Do. Yes. Yeah. Which again, then, you know, like we said, they're like, read it. They're like, again, you know, you finish yeah. the book and they're like, again. Yeah. And you know, one thing too that I think is, is that doesn't get talked about enough is that some parents will say, my child will sit and read forever. Uh-huh. You know, they just want to read and read and read. And, you know, it's great that they want to read, but I also want to get outside and I want to do some other activities. And sometimes they just want to sit there. And I go, yeah, it seems really wrong, right? To say, this is not a reading time. It seems wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, eating is good too, but not every moment of the day is an eating time. Yeah. So if you feel like you've read to your child for, you know, 10, 20 minutes and you want to do another activity or it's time to make a meal or time for them to have a nap because they will use this to delay bedtime starting at around two years of age. Uh, yes. Can so, I have five books, 10 books? Yeah. yeah it's okay to say, <laughs> you know what? Last book, one more book. Yeah. Or... This is even again, if they approach you with a book and it's you've been you had read to them earlier and there's yeah. other things that you want to get done with them or you need to do for yourself to say it's not a reading time with mommy right now or with daddy or with the nanny. That's okay to say. Yeah. You know there's going to be a future reading time. And sometimes when children hear that, they're like, okay, and they sit and read on their own. Yeah. Yeah, it is a quiet time yes. activity that's fine too. Absolutely. And it's so nice to encourage that alone time of reading. Absolutely. I always tell parents these days to read in front of them with books, not your Kindle, your book, whatever, like literally sit down with a magazine or a recipe book. It doesn't matter. It could be anything, but showing your own newspaper or whatever you're reading is the modeling is not happening as much lately. So I try and tell my parents to kind of make it happen even if it's not what you want to do. I feel like in general, parents, yeah. you know, they just, it's it's like other people are sometimes doing the the work, you know, like parents aren't reading it, you know, they don't read in front of their children because they feel like when I'm in front of my children, I need to be engaged with them. Yeah. You know, it's someone else is cleaning up the kitchen or someone else is doing this and children don't see us. They need to see us doing day-to-day chores, day-to-day things that make the house run. They need to see us reading. They need to see... All of that yes. so that they take all of that in. It's good for them to be exposed to all of those things. Yeah. The modeling is so important. Absolutely. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. And some parents will say to me, we've read the same book over and over and over and over. And he's actually reading all the words. Is he reading? Like, I think he's reading. <laughs> and so is it okay for a parent to say, you're reading or, you know, to really, it is pre-reading, right? I mean, it is. I mean, children have, you know, really young children, they they don't have as much life experience. So they remember a lot. And then once they start getting exposed to more and more things, you know, the memory isn't isn't as good as it might have been uh-huh. when they were really tiny. Yeah. But uh, when I was a nanny, the girl twin, she was only around probably 18 months. There was a book I read to her called 101 Things to Do with a Baby. 
And it's literally 101 things to do with a baby. Did you have to read it over and over? Oh, yes. She (laughs) was obsessed with this book. And it's got like lots of pictures on, you know, each page. And it's like, dance with the baby. You know, that's how I would read it. I would be like, play with the baby, dance with the baby, swing the baby, change the baby. Like I would read it like that. Like a sing song. I did. And then there was even like, you know, there's one page where it's like, five things that you do with the baby, like in one line, you know what I mean? Like swing, dance, play, whatever. Uh But so I would read it. And one day I walked, I walked into her room and she was sitting there and she was reading it, even though she couldn't even say all the words at 18 months, but she was like this. Oh, because she was copying your inflection. Yes. And I mean, I was just like, that is incredible, you know, that she had already, she had memorized that part and taken that in. And she was sitting there, you know, going through the pages of the book. And so, but yes, children, they oftentimes will memorize things. And so I love, yes, I would definitely say that. Look at you, you're reading the book. Yeah. Just like mommy reads the book, just like daddy reads the book, just like nanny reads the book to you. Um, you know the, how to read. You know, one thing I learned from Jim, Jim Trelease's book, which I just thought about because you were talking, as you were talking, was- The Read Aloud Handbook, right? Yes. By Jim Trelease, yes. I read it a long time ago when Me I was too. actually in school for uh, being a, a teacher. He really recommended not inserting your idea or your question or your predict- prediction in every single page because it kind of interferes with their own imagination. Like if you were reading and somebody was over your shoulder going, what's happening here? And I think this is going to happen. Like, you know, to do it occasionally, not every page. Right. Do do you agree with that? Yeah. I do. And and yes, I agree. Like first it's of hard all, not keep to. the flow of the book going. Yes. And then even like those picture books, it's like, you know, don't question every single thing. Like, what's that? What's that? What's that? What letter they is this? What color? You. Yeah. Your child will get up. They will walk away. They will be done. Yeah. So it's like, I'll go, oh, look, it's an apple, banana. Oh, oh, what's that one called? You know, and if I, I just pause for the slightest you pause time. to wait. And if they don't say it right away, then I'll just go, oh, that's an orange. And then I'll turn to the next page and I might look at, I might say all of the things. Yeah. And then I, and I also say, actually, when they're, re- I say, turn the page and then they'll turn the page and I'll go up oh. and then sometimes I'll just point. So I'll mix it up yeah. just to see what they will come up with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing that we often, you and I tell our parents is to make a book for big life changes. Can you talk about that and what that would look like? And there are, um, I know book. websites mm-hmm. nowadays that, um, what is there is one called Twigtail, T-W-I-G-T-A-L-E, I believe. Twigtail. I've never used it, but I've seen it, like the books. Yes, it's yeah. been written. I mean, lots of child development experts have written the narrative uh-huh. for like, you know, learning to use the potty, I'm going to be a big sister, I'm starting school, um, daddy takes a trip, so they've written the narrative and they tell you which pictures to provide. Mm-hmm. And then they, you provide the pictures, they send the narrative and voila, you have a book. Yeah. I um, I like to make my own. So I like to write my own narratives yeah. for children. So once I know what the theme is, I'll write 
a narrative. And when you personalize something with children's pictures and their experiences that they're having, and you say their name and maybe names of their friends and family and animals, I mean, they just feel like a star, you know, like in the book. Right. I've written several for my friend. I have a friend that has three little girls and I've written all of their starting preschool books. So I did it Such for the a first one. one. Yeah. And then when it was time for the second one, the mom was like, okay, well, you got to do it for her too. So then by then, of course, I have the template, you know. What so is when the, the third, structure of that one? Because yeah, I want to know. <laughs> I know. I actually have the template. I've even emailed the template to my group. You just saying, insert okay, your name. Yeah. This is the one that I, you know, wrote and, you know, just putting and one of the things I, I did I think with the second definitely the third child I am um, like I took something from home that they had like a bear or a little I think from busy town lowly worm I love that little guy I love those books oh I love those books the car one the so car much. one oh <laughs> I love those books so I um we took the little lowly worm with us and like he's sitting at the Play-Doh table and he was sitting on the, and so I took pictures of, of this little thing doing all the things that she does. And this was something that was, that she loved from home. And here he is doing all the activities that she does. Well, lowly worm's going to go to school. He's going to, he's going to play with Play-Doh at the Play-Doh table. You know, what's he going to have for snack? And so it kind of, it, again, it, reduces anxiety for children when they see, you know, like a little character that does some of the same things that they do. And then also when they see themselves in that book, doing those things, you know, like staying, keeping their body in their bed, (laughs) keeping their body in their room, being gentle with their sister, with their brother, taking turns with toys, you know, having a meal with families, you know, spending special time with grandma or we're going to go on an adventure. I made one for my nephews when they were going to come visit me. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you're going to be on two planes. You know, there's going to be a long plane. You're going to take a nap. So do you have, you, you ha- yeah. oh yeah. And do then you you're going to get off of the plane. Doing all these things. Yes. I found, it was so crazy. Like we were like taking, finding all kinds of pictures that, Really? You know, that we could put in this book and uh, would simulate what it was going to look like for them, Two you know, planes. and then <laughs> yeah. you're going to get off the plane, you're going to run around and then you're going to get back on the plane <laughs> and you're going to take another nap. <laughs> they were coming all the way from Atlanta and it's like, and then when you get there, you're going to see and naming everybody they're going to see. And so then when it yeah. happens, yeah. they get there and they're like, oh, there's Aunt Donna, there's Grandma, there's Uncle Pat. It's like, oh, they're so excited because they'd read about that. I think it's, it's they connect so much. And in any life event you can do, going on a vacation, new baby, new school, new nanny, or whatever. Right. Keeping or, your body in your bed, you know, like- you, A bedtime. Yeah, or revisiting something that could have been a little traumatic for them. And, you know, my one of my colleagues, her son fell when he was only two years old and uh. his tooth broke and he had to go to the dentist. And I mean, it was just a big thing. He had to have the tooth taken out. And so he had a lot of feelings about it, a lot of tears. So his mom went back through and like you see him pointing on the sidewalk. This is where I fell down. You know, so you're revisiting the experience. Through a book. And right. And helping and children really can help you with the words for that. It's like they're processing like we would with talk therapy. They're doing it through a book. And I tell parents you can draw stick figures if you really. Oh, I. You don't even have to like spend a lot of time on it. I've had I had a mom actually who drew stick figure book 
when her child fell out of the crib. And I mean, like, he loved this book. He was obsessed with it. And actually, you know, you don't want to get too wordy with them. You know, you really want to keep it with younger ones, especially keep it really simple. You were climbing, you fell down, boom, you hurt your head. You know, mommy says, keep your body in your bed. Daddy says, keep your body in your bed. Grandma says, I mean, again, that repetition, they need to hear it over and over again. But like you said, keep it simple. Like absolutely one line. You don't need to write. Yeah. There's a book that I just have to say, because it's like one of my very favorites called Calm Down Little Monkey. I think that's the title of it. Little Monkey Calms Down. And it's about a little monkey and he's ice cream falls on the floor and he's having big feelings about it. And it's like, it's okay to cry. And so it's like little monkey feels sad and mad and angry and it's okay to cry and, you know, calm down little monkey. And then, so every page is calm down little monkey. So it's like, it's the repetition of that. Yeah. So it's like, there might be a few, you know, a very simple sentence on one page, but then the next page is the same sentence over and over. And it's purposeful. The authors know that, you know? Exactly, they do. I know that a lot of parents in our community know that, you know, whenever children are going to go through experiences, you know, if you're not going to make a book for them, there's so many wonderful books out there for them. Like going to, when you start preschool, there's a really wonderful one called The Kissing Hand about a little raccoon that's, you know, he's going to miss his mommy. And so she kisses his hand. And anytime he feels sad, he can put his hand on his face and feel Mm -hmm. her kiss. And that book actually came with little stickers. It did, yeah. And it said kissing hand on them. Yeah. And so children, of course, were obsessed with the stickers. And then you can even put the sticker on their hand and they go off to school and that made them feel good. And then there are, um, of course, all of the potty learning books. And, you know, parents think, oh, all I have yeah. to do is read these books and they'll know how to learn to use a potty. And we just kind of laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good to have them around while you're exactly. learning. Yes. <laughs> but it is. It's reassuring to know that you know, other people like me yeah. have done this. And there's another really sweet one called Hunter's Best Friend at School about a little friend at school that's always getting into trouble. And again, children, parents always go, why do they want to copy the child that's always getting in trouble? Yeah. You know, I said, because kids are, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, like they're just, they're so curious about that. And it's the kid that gets in trouble. It's exciting. Did you ever come home and talk about the kids that were well behaved. No. That's boring. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but um but yeah, there's so many books like that that in that will reflect, like I said, where they are in their development or their experiences. Uh-huh. And then those books are giving parents kind of the very appropriate language to use with their child. So I think even though parents get annoyed sometimes at reading the same book over and over again. It's really for the benefit of the parent. Isn't it amazing to think that children want you to read the same book over and over, but then as parents, we learn that language uh-huh. and then we end up using that language with our child and uh-huh. it's helpful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they sh- we should read to our kids every day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Every day. I mean, ob- I think that most parents do try yeah. to read at least once a day, I do. especially I do. like bedtime. And by the way, I know parents were like, I they want to use it as a consequence. Let's talk I'm about gonna, that. Oh, I'm, that's a good one to talk about because yeah. they'll say, 
I'm going to tell them um, that's it. No books tonight. I have a really hard time taking me too. You know. So what I think is important is you can always say like we always have like maybe one book or two books, and so we won't be able to have extra books. You know, if they're really like needing a consequence towards the end of the night, but taking books away is you just you you know I because I think it it's just also even though you may be really upset with your child for some behavior that they had right before bedtime, it's just a nice opportunity to reconnect because the night is long for children. You know, they have to be, they're alone with their thoughts and feelings for several minutes before they fall asleep. True. And they're not used to that. We live in a world where children have people around them all the time. They're very, they're kept very busy. Yes, it's true. I I agree. When when a parent uses it as a consequence, I do bump on that. I yeah. do feel like no, you got to find something else. And right. if it's you know, it, it, if they're not going to bed or whatever and you're saying that there's another consequence. There must be another way to deal with it. We're not going to, you know, we're going to miss out on the bonus book or the one or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. Um, do you have anything else to add? Because there's I'm looking so about I, reading. Look at your I notes. I know. I wrote some <laughs> notes down. I've been seeing. I just. Um, uh, you I think are you into? I think I've really said everything that I really wanted to say. Are you into kids doing? Um, you know, audiobooks along. You know, and audiobooks is if if you know, like in the car. Or, you know, as a, I do as, because yeah. again, it it really piques your imagination. Yeah. You know, you're picturing what is going on, and I also I love when children were actually like wear headphones listening yeah. because that deep input from the headphone is very calming and organizing. Yeah, and it's there's true. also something for. To, that's been said where if when children are listening to a story, have them working on something like maybe building with Legos or working a puzzle. So doing something while you're listening, there's a lot more connections that can go on inside of the brain during that time. Yeah. But, um, and I love when, you know, like grandparents or aunts and uncles or just really special friends will record a story and your child can listen or, you know, like that could be something too, like, especially for parents that have more than one child, being able to read to each child and give them the time you want can can be challenging. So record a story for your child. Oh, with and your then, own voice. Exactly. Oh, and then you're like, idea. you know, mommy's going to read you this story now. And then when you're in bed, you're going to listen to daddy telling his story. Oh, I love that idea. Oh, I love that, right? It's yeah. just it's just so nice to be able to I remember as a kid, you know, going to sleep with the sound like with my door open and the sounds of the house, like just hearing voices of my parents in the house and just whatever it was they were doing, the water was running in the kitchen, maybe the TV was on and there's just something really comforting and reassuring I think to fall asleep with the sounds of family voices. And so if you can have people reading to your child as they fall asleep, I think that's a really lovely thing yeah. way to end the day for them. Yeah, it is. It's bonding and close and um, cozy. And it's just like a nice marker. This is the end of our day. I yeah. would like to just share that years ago when I um, when I was in my 20s re- living in Indiana and my friend had um, these three little girls and she was her husband worked a lot. And so I would go over and just kind of hang out with her and help tuck him into bed. And there were the, the books, the Care Bear books. Oh Do you ever remember those? Yes. Yeah. And then there were like the stuffed animals with all the Care Bears. And I would read those books to the girls. And 
they still re- they are in there. The oldest one just turned forty. Okay, so yes, this is telling you how old I am. But honestly, they still remember me coming over and reading to them. They still see, they remember it. It's and so I impressionable. Sang, yeah. And then they said, and you always sang. I can't believe I'm saying this right. Somewhere over the rainbow to us. They remember. Do you remember doing that? I do. Oh, yeah. I remember it. Yes, I remember it. And I love that they remember it. And I just thought that is so incredible Mm -hmm. that they have such a warm memory. I mean, I was over there a lot quite frequently. So Mm -hmm. it was something that they got really used to. And, you know, it's just it's really special to know that you have that connection. I remember in elementary school going to the library and listening to read aloud. It was my favorite, favorite part of the day. And I'd always want to sit in front and listen, listen, you know, I remember it so clearly. I love I I know I did too. This was awesome. Thank you. If you want to reach Donna and do one of our Zoom groups right now or online groups, whatever we call them. They are fantastic. The good thing about Donna's class is that every single session, you get amazing information about parenting and valuable. It's very valuable. So how do we reach you? And learning from each other. Yeah, you know, true. Even in Zoom, like we've started some groups where they've never met in person. Yeah. Crazy. And they're connecting and it's just feels so good so how do we reach you it's babygroup.me it's a very antiquated old website but you can definitely (laughs) contact us through the website um until you know babygroup.me i'll I'll be changing it soon yeah Yeah, www.babygroup.me thanks donna thank you Thanks for joining us. If you have questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email me at joanna at parentingportal.com. If you want to learn more about our experts or to schedule a consult with me or a speaking engagement, or you just have a parenting question you need answered, go to parentingportal.com. And remember, parenting is so, so hard. Give yourself a break. You're doing a great job. And do something for yourself today. Got to let it go and just enjoy the show.